Work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone. 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. I know I just said why I work from home and it could be anywhere. We're all working from home today. The show might sound a little different if you watch on YouTube, which I highly recommend. The show definitely looks a little different. I'm in my basement. Mellow's in his breakfast nook. Paige is where she always is because an ice storm, I didn't even know that's what we're call it. Our fog froze last night in Missouri and our right. roads are covered in ice. So we are all working from home today, which is just normal, I think, at this point. Yeah. How 2020 of us that we have to do one episode at least from home because we can't get out. Yep, very, very fitting. Welcome to the world of California. Right? I mean, yeah, y'all are just stuck at home all the time. So this <laughs> is uh, normal for Paige. I, I feel normal. like I should clarify, too. Like, usually it's just me and Matt in an office. So it's not like we're going to a huge place to get together yeah, with people. True. But like today, the roads just, they made it impossible. Matt and I both have four-wheel drive. And it's like, nope, not risking it. Yep, nope. I like you guys on this podcast and keeping you around for in general. So um, I'm right. glad we chose safety first. Absolutely. I like to say first. arrive alive is my motto or save Ooh. low lives here in Missouri. That's what we go with. I like those. I like all those options. Uh, so the show's a little bit different today. Uh, no Super Bowl hangover for any of us. Not not like those people who didn't go to work today. If you're one of those people and we're recording Monday morning. So if you're listening to this Tuesday, if you didn't go to work yesterday, shame on you. OK, shame on you. Get up and go to work until this thing's a national holiday, which we're trying to make happen. Uh, and next year, it will be because of President's Day. So thank you uh, to our friends from the college chaps over in the UK for pointing that out to Mello and I. Definitely appreciate that. Mello's got the boulevard sign rocking right there. I don't know what's cropped out of my background today because uh, we're recording. I'm in my basement, which is like half TV room, half workout room. So we'll just see what's back there. You guys can have fun with that today. Uh, but let's hop Your right into it. Just, cool. It's a punching bag. <laughs> Okay, look at these guns. It's not a water heater. It's a pilot. Okay, bag, guys. Right, right. Okay, speak. Mellow's feisty because his team lost last night. Let's just start there. The Super Bowl was last night, and it's. I don't know if you guys felt this way. I felt like I overanalyzed my analysis and was like, oh, but they had Patrick Mahomes. And even as Mellow and I were doing radio on Friday, it was like, I think Tampa will win. I'm picking the Chiefs because they have the Michael Jordan of football and Patrick Mahomes. Turns out even Michael Jordan needs Scottie Pippen. And the Chiefs had none of that last night. It was detrimental that both offensive tackles were out. Tampa pressured them early, often. Even the Mahomes patented backup drift, spin, move, like dip, duck, and dive that he does wasn't enough. They couldn't get the deep shot going. And Tom Brady, my God, seven. Seven freaking Super Bowls. I, had a gr I thought I had a great tweet Sunday night about Tom Brady and Ariana both having seven rings. People weren't feeling it in the moment, so oh, wow. I'm just putting it back out there. Just putting it back out there because that's my song. <laughs> Give that a retweet today and see how it does. People will probably be in a better <laughs> that, mood today. Yeah, yeah. Now, that, now that people have you know, come to grips with it, it's not just that instant pissed off. I, I feel like with the Super Bowl, too, like I thought the Chiefs' offensive line would play so much better than it did. Like It had been playing well. But hats off to the Tampa Bay defense because they play lights out. And I'm not one of those guys who's going to come on here and be like, oh, the refs screwed over the Chiefs. No, they didn't. They scored nine points. 
nine points in the Super Bowl. Uh, and some of those were pretty shitty calls, but the refs didn't change that game. So hats off to Tom Brady, but especially that Tampa Bay defense, because they shut down the best player in the world. Like Tom Brady's the GOAT, but right now Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the world, and he couldn't do anything. They got too much pressure on him. Usually we've seen him drift and you know find ways to make plays happen, but they didn't. And, and that defense, that secondary, was just lights out all, all throughout the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I sort of think that I got a little bit of um, bias from hanging out with so many Chiefs fans because I legitimately, like, so many people text me like, what do you think is going to happen? I was like, oh, Chiefs by two scores, easy. Because I really oh, did believe, <laughs> I really did believe that, like, okay, Patrick, this is his time to shine. It's going to be fine. And I think I underestimated, too, like you said, like the Chiefs offensive line being banged up and all of that. And it just – it. I needed to take a moment last night and go, okay, if you're somebody, if you're listening and you aren't the biggest fan of Tom Brady, okay, like myself, I sat there and went, you know what, I respect what he's done, I respect how he's done it in most ways, and he is the undisputed GOAT in terms of football. Now, and I just have to respect that and enjoy what I'm watching, because it's not going to last forever and there's never going to be another Tom Brady. That's just simple. So I think that part, I was like, okay, you know what? I was a little bit humbled by not only my pick, and but just the fact that, like, okay, accept greatness. And I think I went through that process with LeBron a little bit, too. Like, I was so annoyed that he was so good. And it's like, why? Like, just enjoy the fact that, like, you get to see somebody who is like this, and there will never be somebody like this until Pat Mahomes wins seven rings, hopefully, right? Like, that's that's what that's the hope. Do I think that's going to happen? I've... You guys know I'm a. I love Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. I think everybody has to just stop on the go yeah. talk. Like, let's let yeah. that breathe. We... He is incredibly talented. We saw last night. He can't do it by himself. Can't. Yes. No one can. Well, Not I'm, I'm holding my finger so Matt remembers and I get to speak. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I was just going to say, do we remember like a couple podcasts ago where I was like, you know what? I don't really love the baby goat thing. I really wish that we could just call him something else because I don't think it's yeah. fair to put that sort of pressure on him. Like, yes, he's done great things. Yes, he's amazing. But like, it's going to be different. Like you never, and I, that's the part right. I hate about like people comparing, like even with like Michael Jordan and LeBron, it's like. You don't need to compare them. Like, they lived in different eras. There's so many things that change. The game was and, so different. Yeah, like, yeah. things – there's reasons why – like, the players that, like, Patrick is – not to say that there weren't great players, but, like, the some of the players that Tom Brady beat, like, Patrick Mahomes not going to see that in terms of, like, quarterback versus quarterback play. Like, that's just not going to happen. So, like, even if he does get to a big point, like, it's still going to be like, oh, well, Tom Brady went against Manning and, and um, Aaron Rodgers and, like, things like right. that. So – Pat is not going to have that level of of guys that he's going against. Um, so I think everyone's always going to dispute that, whether Patrick does it or not. So I'd rather just, like, skip that altogether and just be grateful for how they are as players. And my thing is that Tom Brady has more Super Bowl wins than any NFL team. Like, let's let that sink in. And I know everyone wanted to get the – if Patrick has two – He's a third of the way. I don't know if we need to help Tony Romo do that math still or not. I have some crayons in my son's room I can borrow for him. But, like, can we chill on the, oh, you're a third of the way to Tom Brady? A third. A third. You still have four to go if you'd won last night. And and so, like, I am a Tom Brady homer. Everyone who's listened to this podcast or any podcast of mine for the last four years knows that. Gigantic Tom Brady homer. I just want to say I think it's warranted that no one's going to catch this dude. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or at least just to put the discussion on pause for a bit. Like, let's worry about, like, honestly, Aaron Rodgers first. Like, you, there's a hierarchy of quarterbacks that you have to hit. Like, Aaron Rodgers to John Elway. And I'm not saying that these are, like, my order of guys who are the best. But Joe Montana. Mahomes is great. He's won, Thank you. won Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, no, that would be next. Like, yeah, I know. Montana. I was just making yeah. sure we got him yeah. in there. He, yeah, I mean, Mont- it's Brady Montana. Montana, yeah. We then all know that. whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peyton, whatever. Like, but that's the order. Those guys you got to top. Uh, it's a lot of quarterbacks today, uh, guys. And I know you, this is something we're all waiting to see what will happen. As someone who has a seven-round mock draft coming out Thursday morning, I am uh, very anxious to see what will happen. The quarterback carousel is still uh, spinning. Reported over the weekend that Carson Wentz expected to be traded very soon. Teams are calling about Sam Darnold. I don't know if y'all saw this. Teams are even calling about Russell Wilson. And the Seahawks were like, no, uh, no, we're good there. So where does Carson Wentz go? Where does Sam Darnold go? I reached out to some people over the weekend, you know, guys who work in the NFL. was like, where do you think Carson Wentz ends up? The only two teams that I got an answer for with Carson Wentz, the Colts and the Bears. Some of that is salary cap related. Some of it's coaching familiarity, whether that's uh, Frank Reich or John DeFilippe. So – I don't think that I'm not breaking news by telling you that, but I, I do think the feel from the NFL is as of Monday morning, the most likely destinations for Carson Wentz are Chicago and Indy. I actually think Sam Darnold, if uh, Carson Wentz doesn't go to Indy, I would keep an eye on Sam Darnold uh, for the Colts. But Paige, this is where our Niners might get involved with Sam Darnold because I do think schematically he's a pretty good fit for that offense. And it's not going to be as expensive as going after a, you know, obviously they, they were priced out of Matthew Stafford. Uh, and I, I think they'll be priced out of – I don't even know if they're calling on Carson Wentz, thank God. But they're, they're priced out of Deshaun Watson as well unless they want to send Nick Bosa. Yeah, I this whole thing – I just – it feels so strange because I, I don't like – like I, I think I loved that the NBA – we've talked about this. I love the NBA. There's chaos and guys get to choose where they go and they've been like – they make things happen when they request it, blah, blah, blah. This, like, in the NFL just annoys me. Not because the players are speaking up and want to go places. That's fine. I'm not Brett Favre. Um, My thing is more (laughs) that I'm so tired of people on Twitter saying that they heard something or they think something. I'm like, please let Adam Schefter do his job. Like, you are giving us information. I get it. No, you're you're giving us information (laughs) on, like, hey, this is what I'm hearing, not this is fact and it's a done deal. And, like, I cannot stand – like – NBA Twitter has learned. Like, they have learned their lesson of, like, hey, there are certain guys that know stuff. There are certain people that are tweeting stuff. There's no such thing as, like, oh, I heard that this and this is happening outside of, like, Woj and Shams. Like, that doesn't happen. For some reason, every blog boy on Twitter, on NFL Twitter, I'm sorry. I am so fed up. I can't even stand it. We'll get to that when we get to love and hate stuff. Every blog boy is deciding that they are going to say something. And I am so annoyed because it's also, that's really frustrating for a player, his family, his friends. Like, right. that's the kind of stuff that people don't think about when they're tweeting it. They just want to be right. And my thing is, like, if we're going to have all this, like, QB carousel, like, those are big players and really important pieces to things. Like, you need to make sure that you're putting out proper information because there are people that are affected by that. And that is all I have to say about well, and even like your your blog boys you were talking about, like Tariq Cohen was rumored to be in some of these trades, like uh, going to be a first Tariq Cohen and another player. And then he finally tweeted out, like, I talked to my GM and my head coach. I'm not going anywhere. So yeah. like players are affected by it. And it's just misinformation because we live in a society where the first thing you see is what you're going to roll with. 
And like you see that report, right. and then you just start telling everybody. I had so many people DMing me on Friday, like because apparently I have a Bears following. But I, there were like two or three people just tweeting me, like, "Hey, what's going on with the Bears? I'm hearing a lot about wins. They were sending me other reports, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't really. I'm not trying to be like a newsbreaker, so I haven't really heard any of that stuff. But it is frustrating to have to go and sift through like who's credible, who's not. And honestly, I, I'm kind of over it too. So yeah. until Schefter or Rappaport, you know, somebody like that, somebody with that blue check mark and a million followers tweets it out, I'm just going to ride with it until I see it come across. Or this is how I am with everything though, right? Like until someone credible says it, like I, I'm going to be a doubter. Like I, that's just baked mm-hmm. into my personality. It's not a bias against any like one individual. No, I'm just like – Me neither. I do feel like for some, you know, for someone who has been a quote unquote journalist for a long time, like you got to show me, like, I'm not just going to believe it. Mm-hmm. It's that Missouri in me, that show me state. Like, I'm not just going to, oh, you know, 49ers blogger said they're going to get Deshaun Watson. Cool. Let me get a Jersey made. Like, nah, nah, I'm going to need and to see it first. Let's be clear. It's also not just 49ers bloggers. It's everyone. Right. I just said it as a Niners oh, fan. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. It's everyone. Like it is so, I have, like I tweeted it the other day. I was like, NFL Twitter is getting so bad. Like I, the fact that we're like believing fake screen or not, I don't, we don't know if they're fake or not. Screenshots of like a friend of a friend's friend saying that Andrew Luck is coming back. Like, I don't like right. that. Come on guys. Like really? Like that, say that's never read it. Of a friend. Yeah. Like the I other know. day we were, uh, we were doing radio, Matt and I on our local radio show. And I tweeted out, I don't even remember what it was. Like the bow and arrow, the eyes, and a dolphin. Oh, no. Fuck with people. You're such a brat. <laughs> and it worked. So many people. Again, Bears fans are like, man, I thought we were getting to Sean. I hope we were in on it. Um, it was just to try to get people to listen to Mike up. So. Right, and I doubled down because then I retweet, I tweeted something else with all emojis, but no credibility there. I fed into it. I got, I got caught up in it. It's like a drug. Once you're in, yeah, it's hooked. Uh, Hey, I'm here for it. I'm okay for it. Uh, Matthew Stafford is a Los Angeles Ram, and apparently everyone else wants to be as well. Is this what this means? I've seen this in the rundown, and this is news to me. Have you? You haven't seen it? Apparently, when like he immediately, like after the trade was announced, he just kept getting text messages from people who wanted to come play with him, and like they didn't name names yet, but like a ton of players have reached out to him, which makes me nervous because I was fine with Matthew Stafford going there. I'm not fine with like. Matthew and Co. going to to play for the Rams. I know I'm, people watching on YouTube are looking at my facial reactions and being like, "Why?" Like I, I'm a big Matthew Stafford fan. I wanted him as a Niner. I mean, obviously, like I was tweeting out jersey swaps and people thought I was trying to break news when I was just being a fanboy. Like I'm just being a homer, right? I, <laughs> it was so I, funny. I got break news. I'm just fucking excited. Um, I'm a little <laughs> surprised by that. I guess with Sean McVay, you feel like a quarterback with Stafford's arm strength is going to open that offense up a little bit more. I, I could see that, but I just I, I don't know. Like I don't know that watching Tampa last night and they're gonna bring back almost everyone, watching Green Bay, I guess LA is like the better weather scene. It's much better than Green Bay, but it just feels like the NFC is starting to get a little bit crowded, in my opinion at least. Everybody trying to run away from Mahomes. We saw it with LeBron, like you said, Paige. Like as soon as he yeah. went to the West, everybody started going back to the east. When he was in the east, everybody was in the west. I do, honestly, I kind of think that that's part of it, where these free agents, they do, they don't want to go face Mahomes. Like, even with Watson, uh, it'd be cool if he was in Denver, but, like, does he want to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year? So I think that's why we're seeing some of these other guys are 
maybe even a Stafford, like, ah, let's get out of the AFC. Let's go join Matt Stafford and the Rams with that defense that they had last year. So, I don't know. I didn't see those reports either, but it wouldn't surprise me. Like, if free agents know, like, the Rams are going to pay them, and Just, they're going to try to acquire them. They, they want those veterans. They don't want yeah. young players. Just so you guys right. know, it was an Adam Schefter report. So this is an actual report. This isn't me just like coming Thank up you. with this. Uh, I did it. Um, this is some page Q and bullshit. Just call me right. blog boy. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get some heat for that one. But I was upset. You I'm are. sorry. I you am. Are. I am. It's fine. It is what it is, you guys. That's my, my new catchphrase, apparently. Um, yeah, I, I that, that scares me a little bit. That that's the intention. But like also, like why wouldn't you want to go live in L.A.? Like if you're an NFL player, like – they're probably, like, the worst in terms of, like, leagues and getting, like, endorsement deals outside of it if you're not, like, a top 25 guy. Like, outside of that, like, you yeah. really have to be notable for something else to be, like, pretty popular in terms of, like, facial facial recognition and things like that. Um, th- I mean, I would want to be in L.A. Like, I mean, that's just personal preference because I'm from California, if you guys didn't know. Um, but... Yeah, no, I would definitely be texting Matthew Stafford but uh, and saying I'd like to come play with you in L.A., but I don't like that that's happening. I'd much rather than be texting Jimmy Garoppolo and saying they'd like to come play for him, which is not happening, but it's Definitely fine. nobody's doing that. Yeah, I know. Ouch, it hurts. <laughs> I, I wonder how much of it, too, is Aaron Donald being like, hey, man, I play offense. Like, I'm not trying to get hit by Aaron Donald all the time. Like, let's just let's pair up. Like, I'll come to L.A. I'll be yep. a Ram. I don't care. Just get me away from Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. That's the key. Like, get me away. I want to – you can't beat them, join them, right? Like, we can't top that defense. Let's just hop in. Let's just join them. Um, so that was a report that I didn't see over the weekend, apparently. Here was the other one. Aaron Rodgers is engaged. I didn't know Aaron Rodgers had moved on from Danica Patrick. I knew they broke I up. I didn't either. I had to Google it. That's what I was just typing. So well, Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley, congratulations. Okay, so the secret life of Aaron Rodgers, and if you don't get that reference – Google that as well. Um, she is she's an actress and she was on a television show television show called The Secret Life of the American Teenager. Look, I just spoiled it for you. Um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers casually dropped in his MVP speech that he was engaged. He was like, "Yeah, I got engaged. It was a big year for me. I did this. I did that. I got engaged this year." And all of a sudden, like, and people are like, "I'm sorry, what?" And then at the end, he was like. Um, a couple months. This has moved very fast. He is on the Matt Miller fast track. And I... <laughs> Sorry. I'll let that joke sit for a little bit. Uh, he's on the fast track. And I... Well, which is actually kind of sad because that would have been like a Danica Patrick joke for race car. Uh, I don't know. That hurts. Ooh. Oh, ouch. The puns. Oh, All the oh. But also just like so random. And everyone was like, wait a minute. But also congratulations, Sam, on finding a way to get a ring this year. Huge. Oh, <laughs> wow. you thought I was salty. To wow. It is 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> it is 7.30 in the morning Pacific time, and I am just rolling this morning. The coffee is good. But what a strange... I don't know about this because I just feel like all the shots were personal there. <laughs> but, like, so. would you guys just, like, randomly... I don't know. Maybe it's different because you're not Aaron Rodgers. But, like, to just, like, casually drop that was, like... That was just such a power move. Mello definitely would. Mello would do that. Except for Mello would be like, I got married this year. And people are like, what, you're dating someone? Like, wait, 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 you got engaged? Like, no, I'm married. Yeah. It's been four years. Yeah, no, I mean, Matt, my question to you would be, I don't think you would just drop that you were married. I don't, because I don't think you can keep a secret that long. I'm terrible at secrets. Yeah. Terrible at secrets. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Uh, He's got yeah. a couple that are just eating at him right now. Yeah, he like yeah. wants to just tell us now. Right. Actually, if, if I have you have one bi- I have I have one huge secret and I can't wait a uh, couple days, a couple more days. I think I can announce that tell that secret at least. So, you, uh, been, yeah. We, Do I know this been secret? Teasing it on Twitter for a, a while. Yeah, yeah, I have been. Yeah, Paige, you know this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley, who, by the way, buried the lead there. Big Little Lies. That's the best show she's been in. Yeah, well, yes, but she's most notably known from The Secret Life of American Teenager. Okay, yeah. but what's the movie where she's dying? Because that's the best movie. Oh, 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 oh. I know what you're talking about. With, um, the kid has a cigarette in his mouth. The Fault in Our Stars. Fault in Our Stars. God, oh, that movie. Oh, Tearjerker. Mello, yeah. you're such a softie. Of course you love that movie. Ugh. <laughs> right. Aw, Marshall. Everybody says that about me. Like, you know, you're such a softie. Right. I'm Marshall. I'm for a good... <laughs> Can I... Marshall. We're recording now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Amazing. What's up? So next on the rundown, um, it just it has the name of our podcast. No, it doesn't. It says two girls, a guy, in a podcast. Matt, I oh don't my. know if you know this. Um, our children are starting their own podcast. They decided our it at the Super Bowl for our children, my two daughters and <laughs> Oh Emmett. my God. Um, and they, last night, or sorry, Sunday night, driving home from the Super Bowl party, like just our little family get together thing. Uh, and my youngest daughter, Maddie, is so stressed out. She's like, Dad, I need your help. We have to think of ideas. I'm like, what ideas? Like, okay, lay it on me. What are you doing? And she's like, you probably won't get it. I just need creative ideas. <laughs> what? What, if, what did you guys plan while we were watching football? She's like, we're going to start a YouTube page and a podcast. I need ideas. So I think I am now executive producer uh, and the first <laughs> guest of the Two Girls and a Guy podcast. And honestly, like, I'm a little pissed off. I think we have some competition, guys. Oh, my God. Well, I, this is the uh, thing I've ever heard my whole life. Yeah. God, what a bunch of characters. So uh, clearly I'm wearing a hat today with my logo on it. And so I got Emmett some stuff and he was like, so uh, we're going to need to make some merch for my YouTube channel. He has 37 subscribers on his YouTube channel where he like talks about Nerf guns and whatever else he feels like talking about. So I did. We have a little competition. I like the name, though. And it, it's good. It's a good name. It's a good name. I could probably make them a logo. And they're so cute. Like, you know what? I would honestly tune in, and they're probably going to blow up a lot faster than us because kids on YouTube, like, they know what other kids want, and they just, like, they have – there's, like, people that have, like, 10 million followers on – or 10 million subscribers on YouTube that, like, make millions of dollars and live in giant houses and are, like, 19 years old. So your kids are already ahead of the curve. But just be wary that, like, TikTok fame – will get you to. So be careful. Look out for the TikTok dances, Mello, because... I'm going to pimp out my kids. I don't care. As long as I'm making millions, whatever. Right. Whatever it takes to get years me. old. They need to get a job anyway. That's such a Mello thing to say. Get a job. Right? That's Come like on, Jay Cutler when he calls his kids freeloaders. That's my favorite thing. These freeloaders. Exactly. Right? I can't wait. To... My kid's still in bed, so this will not be a recorded early in the morning podcast. So... Uh... <laughs> I have to ask him about this today. Like, what are you guys doing exactly? Oh. Other exciting news, though. The, there was a commercial for this last night. The three of us, one of the first things we really bonded over, other than our love of Christian McCaffrey, was the show Yellowstone. And uh, to the point that Paige sent Mello and I Yellowstone sweatshirts for Christmas. It was amazing. They're so uh, cute. One of the most comfortable sweatshirts I've ever owned in my life, by the way. And uh, they announced last night they're doing a prequel 
and uh, it, it's called Yellowstone 1883, uh, which will be amazing. And I don't know if you guys saw this, Mello. You were the one who brought the even the commercial to my attention last night. It's a five-year deal, apparently. So I think we're going to get like a long run. And as a like certified Montana slash Wyoming nerd, I'm very very excited for the the years that they're doing this in. That it's not like oh 1920. Like we're going way back. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's taking me back to my Red Dead days. So I I like that oh, yeah. era right there and how they all settled there i obviously very excited about it i don't think we'll see kevin costner in it but very excited about this yeah sad no kevin costner but super excited just for like the historical aspect too because i think they're going to do a really good job of discussing a lot of the things that were the origin of there which is not just the ranchers um which they do a good job on the show anyway but i think this is more like set way back when and more probably realistic to what some of us didn't really learn about. Um, so kind of looking forward to that historical aspect of it. And also just anything Yellowstone related, I'm I'm good with. I love the show and I can't wait for it to be back. But also this weekend I did see this like TikTok of, you know, where like people do the thing in the mirror where they come in and they're like, one week after living somewhere yeah. or like whatever. The guy was like, season one of Yellow after season one of Yellowstone, he's got like a whiskey. Then season two, it's like he's got like, uh, a warmer jacket season three he's got a hat he's got gloves he's got his whiskey and i was like that is so accurate because after watching that show one just like being in mobile alabama you have an accent because like they just all talk with like with right. a country accent um and two you just like love it you're like let's go ranching let's go i i text my fan, um friend group chat from college and i was like we need to do a girl's trip but like we we're trying to keep it covid safe i'm like we could rent a place in montana they're like I'm sorry, yes. Paige, you want to go to Montana? Like of all, out of everyone in that group, everyone was like, Paige, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I would watch Yellowstone and now I want to go to Montana. Uh, yeah, I mean, we went last summer, but okay. that's, you know, it's great, great. And we live in an area where I know Mello has made this joke before. Like if you wear like cowboy boots and like a flannel and a ranch jacket and a cowboy hat, like you look normal here. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, poser, what are you doing? Um, I get more looks in Jordans than I would if I walked out like that. So um, we can – when I know when we started watching that show, I got one of those little corduroy ranch jackets and would wear it out. Oh, yeah. It's a move. It's it's definitely a move. Since starting Yellowstone, I have purchased two cowboy hats, a pair of cowboy boots, uh, a belt buckle. <laughs> I, have a, I have a whole, whole get-up. Go ahead. He's got a whole fit. He's got a fit. And on the next yep. episode, Mello will be wearing his whole fit. The cowboy hat I mean, he was did it popular once. before. Yeah. yeah, it's Friday. We do casual Fridays. Let's bring back the cowboy hat this next Friday. This we'll do official Fridays with a cowboy if hat. If we can get like enough people to retweet this episode, I'll do it. Okay. If you're good I'm down for it. Don't do it for free. We'll figure out a number. Speaking of not doing it for free, uh, we now have ads. You probably heard them. Listen to them. They help us. And so here comes one. And then we'll be back with what we loved and hated from this season and your guys' questions with paging two guys. All right. We are back with things we loved and hated from this NFL season. To give us a little send-off of a crazy and weird season, um, we're going to go through and each give our – let's start with – let's do the sorority thing where we do like – positive negative positive so i'm going to make you guys give an extra positive at the very end so let's start with things we loved first i was not prepared for that uh so things <laughs> i loved that the nfl actually played every game 
I was incredibly skeptical, even in August. It was like, there's no way they're going to be able to pull this off without a bubble, with all the travel, with 1,500 players being able to like go home at night and interact with people. And that's a lot. It was a lot. So the, the fact that the NFL pulled off a regular season where only a handful of games were rescheduled, every game was played. 256 regular season games, every playoff game. The Super Bowl was played on time with – vaccinated healthcare workers in the stands like of all the things that happened Sunday night that was the one that like gave me the hashtag the feels was seeing those vaccinated healthcare workers and knowing that our parents uh, who are 70 god how old is he 72 71 and 62 are going today to get vaccinated like that that was a huge thing for me of the like holy crap, like, number one, kudos to our parents for making it 11 months without getting COVID, uh, and they should get some kind of trophy. And then, you know, that we're to a point where there is a vaccine, and thank, you know, in large part to those healthcare workers. So that was a, the thing that I loved the most about this season was that we were able to have this season. Yeah, that was an yeah. awesome hat tip. Mello, what did you love about this season? I love the every game thing too. Like I even tweeted about how well the NFL has done with this whole thing. And somebody even tried to like come at me and be like, well, they played a game with a receiver at quarterback, but like yeah, that was one game. So they did a very good job this year. Uh, the thing that I love the most outside of like playing every game and people being healthy was the draft order chaos. I was like, Oh my God, the jets are terrible. They suck. They suck. And then just the Jaguars under the radar, just sucking so bad that we had that change or you know there for a while the cowboys were in fifth they're gonna have a top five pick and then they were in the playoff hunt same with the washington football team it's like oh they could be drafting seven but if they win on sunday they're drafting at 19 so i loved all that chaos that came with the draft order and just every week it changed up it wasn't these little minute changes it was drastic changes where teams were winning or losing and their draft spot was changing like 10 spots yeah no i think that was fun to watch because like technically my team wasn't really affected by that but I feel like people who are Jets fans probably didn't love that particularly um I went with like very specific storylines um I sort of chose two just because they're kind of associated I loved um seeing Ron Rivera kick cancer's ass and also be an awesome football yep. coach um I loved seeing Alex Smith come back and play football because it's what he really wanted to do um I think a lot of times we are skeptical and there's a lot of negativity that went around with should we be playing football this year and those two stories specifically of you know trial and 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 overcoming major trials in life that like are things we're going to face every single day and um that that just like hashtag the feels warmed my heart um and so i'm really happy for both of them um and hope ron keeps up and 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 alex obviously continues to, to play football yeah, that and I saw people upset that Alex Smith won't come back player of the year. No. No. You don't get to be upset about that. He almost lost his leg. He yep. almost died. Uh did he's ben the comeback player of the year. Did get a vote? Yes. He did. That pissed yep. me off. Like Yeah, thanks for coming back from your porn addiction, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Really appreciate your sacrifice. <laughs> Sorry you didn't almost lose a fucking leg. You know, yeah. like somebody let's misread chill out. the spelling of comeback. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Moving right. on. Okay. Uh, 
I, I'm actually going to change what I hated. I, I originally had injuries in there, but that's too vague. Uh, the thing I hated most was not being able to get out and tailgate with our listeners and readers oh, and friends. I went to one football game this year, and it was it was just bizarre sitting in the stands in like a socially distanced. There were there were six of us. We sat in a pod and had to have a mask on the entire time. And it was it was cool to be able to experience that. It was one of those things like. This year is going to go down in history. I want to go experience this because there's never going to be anything like it again. Um, but I, I severely miss tailgating. Uh, I, like I, I know Melo, we talk about all the time, like, what's your favorite part of this job? It's that. It's being able to get out and interact with our listeners and our readers and our friends and our fans and not being able to do that sh- this year absolutely sucked, especially on a personal level with you know the, the changes in my career that, uh, that affected both of you as well. Like not being able to get out and like talk to people in person. And I, you know, like, I really feel like there is some like confusion out there of like why I left Bleacher Report, why I stick to football uh, was you know shut down, and ha- being able to talk to people in person and be like, hey, like this is actually a good thing for me. I'm excited. I'm starting over, and I I you know I'm getting rid of some of the complacency that I felt in my career. Like I'm I'm re-energized, and that's not Bleacher Report's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just I needed to start over. I, I think being able to have those conversations in person would have eliminated some of the confusion and. You know, some of the, the things that are being said on Twitter and it's like from a I miss all our friends that we've you know met along the way on the road. And I'm super excited that, that this year we'll get to get back out there and do that. Yeah, and, and that leads right into the thing that I hated. It felt like everybody was just cooped up in their house, not able to get out. And that made Twitter just a cesspool. Right? So many people would come at you over the just smallest tweet or even just positivity about another player meant a negative about their yeah. favorite team. Like, mm-hmm. There are a couple fan bases that were just intolerable this year. And I don't, I don't know if it was that everybody was stuck in their house or, or what the problem was, but kind of like you were saying, Matt, it's easier to just do that face to face because if you do just put out a tweet, somebody's going to read it the wrong way. Somebody's going to quote tweet it. And before you know it, your entire message has just uh, been changed. And I think that Twitter was rough a rough spot to be this year. So that's what I hated most. Uh, usually it seems like you can have some good conversations every once in a while on Twitter, but it felt like most people were just out to prove a point, out to prove you wrong. It, it wasn't a good spot to be in. Hopefully we can change that next year uh, and everybody get out of their houses. Yeah, I sort of picked the same thing. I already gave my rant on this because, um, and I'm not going to make it worse for myself um, by continuing on, but I will say that like, what I yes, I hated that NFL Twitter was the way that it was, specifically a certain fan base that I'm associated with. Um, and just the conversations have just been so negative. And I, I hope that like we can get back to, and maybe people, this is like naive of me, but like my hope is that we can get back to like being positive about these things and just having conversations and like agreeing to disagree, not trying to dunk on people. Like, I don't mind that you have a different opinion than me. And like, that's what makes it great is that like we all don't think the same thing. It's so crazy. Um, but, like, getting back to being, like, able to be respectful without being, like, having to be right and needing to prove a point and it just getting to a point where it's, like, not fun. Like, it's fun to go back and forth with some people on Twitter and just have discussions so you can learn about how people view the game. But I think my hope is that we pivot to um, a more positive uh, NFL community on Twitter because I think um, we should look to NBA Twitter. We reference them a lot on how to have a discussion and have it be fun banter and use maybe memes instead of just like 
long paragraphs about all the things that you think and stats. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right? Maybe. Paige, I'm going to need you to lead the charge on that one. And no joke. Good luck. I be with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to be the first one out of the gate is always the bloodiest. So that'll be fun. Right. Uh, Not to, you know, plug my own work here, but that is why when I launched my new website, there's a discord server with like 700 people talking football and they're not allowed to be trolly. Like you can't like there's we're not going to get on there and like bash each other. Like it's I've been around long enough to remember the message board days, bless you. Thank of, you. <laughs> like people like trying to help each other, trying to learn, trying to have a good time, like doing yes. community type uh, virtual events and like Twitter, I have such a love-hate relationship with it, but like god, it can be like there are days where I'm like I can't emotionally handle Twitter today. So I'm just not going to deal with it because you could literally tweet the sky is blue and somebody would be like, "Well, where I'm at, it's, it's cloudy, it's gray." You know, and it's like, "Okay, cool. Yeah. Like you have fun yes. with that." We did something we love. We did something we hated. Now we're going to do something overrated. And after, again, we're recording this Monday morning. This is fresh on my mind. Overrated, Tony Romo. I, I like Tony as a guy. And I, I think he was a really good quarterback. And I think he's a hell of a golfer. I don't enjoy Tony Romo, the football analyst. I think he'd be great in a podcast. I think he'd be great on like a Sunday morning show or a good morning football I do not enjoy Tony Romo, the in-game analyst. And I really thought the entire broadcast from CBS was very, very sloppy on Sunday night. There were a lot of replays missing. There was a point in the game where Romo had to ask Jim Nance what the point differential was because he, and I quote, struggles with nines, which I know is his number. Maybe it was a joke. I fucking missed it if it was. And so it's not it's just, a joke, though. There were too many times where, like, before. And he would have like the down wrong or like, ooh, the Chiefs called a timeout here. And it was like, nope, the Bucks did. You know, and it's like he just – he gets so many things wrong and it's like just slow down. And I know a lot of people critique like, ooh, he doesn't have a voice for it. That doesn't bother me. His voice is fine. Mm-hmm. It's just he needs to like slow down, stop guessing what the play call is going to be and give us real like good analysis. And people were like coming at me being like, well, who do you actually like? I like Troy Aikman just fine. You know, I – I like Chris Collinsworth. You know, the guys who just, they kind of tell you what's happening. I thought John Lynch was actually really, really good in the booth because they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, and I understand, I am not your target audience during the most watched game of the year. You have a wide, very diverse fan base of people who have no fucking clue what's happening to people who think they could do that job. I get it. But whatever that was last night was just sloppy and I, I, I didn't enjoy it, the broadcast at all. This is somebody who didn't care who won the game. Completely unbiased last night. I thought the broadcast was pretty trash. Interesting. I've been in the anti-Tony Romo camp for a long time. I think I might have been like the second or third person there. So uh, I'm with you. Now, I mean, there was a point where he was describing like what it means to be offside. Like, oh, right here, you got to make sure you don't leave before the ball does. Yeah, like I don't know. That should be like on the Nickelodeon broadcast. Like that's how you need to explain these games. I think most people watching the Super Bowl probably get like you can't leave before the ball snaps. So I'm with you on the Tony Romo stuff. My my overrated though is kind of actually a positive. Uh, obviously Sunday night with the Super Bowl, a lot of people were pissed off at the refs. And again, I just want to say, recognize how hard that job is. You have a guy like Tyree Kill out there, probably running like a four two forty. And you have a 55-year-old man who's probably a lawyer throughout the week running with these guys to spot the ball. 
or making judgment calls on pass interference. And I'll tell you, most of those pass interference calls on the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night, they were warranted. They were. Like, yeah, we haven't been calling it that way in the playoffs, but guess what? This is a different crew, and it was pass interference, so you can't be pissed off that this crew didn't call it like the last crew. All you have to do is be consistent. Like, it's right there in the rule book. Just be consistent. I feel like the reps were, and again, they don't get credit for how hard their job is. You have peak athletes running around, moving the football. Uh, you got a guy standing right in the middle of the field when you have guys like Devin White trying to rip people's heads off, and they're just doing their job. So overrated, the refs. We need to give them more respect for the great job that they do, and I will gladly lead that charge. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good – I like how you spun the overrated into sort of a positive push towards something else. I think something that was overrated this season – was I didn't write it in the doc because I just wanted Matt's reaction to it, was shitting on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that was a little overrated this year, and I would like it all to just stop. Okay? I don't think it's he deserves it. It's not going to. Nick I don't, not gif. Look, and if he, if he gets traded and whatever, happy for him, all of those things. But I think it was just a very popular thing to just, like, shit on – on Jimmy Garoppolo instead of also discussing all of the other things that happened to the 49ers this year. And that it wasn't That's every team's just quarterback, though, right? Although what's weird is, like, it's not every team's quarterback because I deal with all 32 fan bases in my mentions, and it is wild how long a fan base will defend their quarterback yeah. and then just be like, done, burn him at the stake. <laughs> you know, it's like Carson Wentz. Like, he's not that bad. He has no weapons. His offensive line's terrible. Never mind trade his ass. You it's like – yeah, it. Yeah, so I think quick. maybe, maybe, maybe what I think is overrated is just shitting on your quarterback and being so brutal towards them. When, it, but specifically in the Niners situation, like that was a lot of injuries. Okay, we could all agree that that was just. It wasn't just that one thing that caused the issue this year, and he was part of the injury. So, but no, I think I also, overrated shitting on quarterbacks on Twitter. My whole thing is just be nicer on Twitter today. Really, it's my just thing like, with Jimmy <laughs> is that I started this last year, like. In 2019, I was saying these things. So mine's Congratulations, not Congratulations, like, you were oh, first to shitting on Jimmy. Thank you. It's not just like, oh, Nick Bosa's out. This team sucks. It's like, you only threw the ball six times in the NFC Championship game because your quarterback's not good. I understand you won, but anyway, I digress. Let's end with something positive since we're all in a sorority today. Uh, my positive, our community, which um, I do think when Mello and I announced we were leaving Bleacher Report and leaving Stick to Football, and I expected a lot more negativity, especially when I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to charge you guys to read my work now. I expected people to be like, good luck, buddy. But people have been incredibly supportive of all of our new ventures, and like, I love you guys. Not not so much my co-host. They annoy the shit out of me. But I love our listeners. You guys are amazing. Yeah. That's I, that's my positive too. Is honestly everybody being so supportive of the show, even though um, we started it like midway through the season ish. Um, yeah, great it, planning there. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> everyone has been so supportive and so nice, and um, I just appreciate. I'm sorry if I called you a blog boy. Um, I appreciate your support and and love the show and continued want and desire to argue with me. Yeah, it's crazy. I actually, I had the same thing for my podcast. Oh, weird. Oh, my God. Three for three on that one. Crazy, yeah. Finally That's agree so on something. We are. <laughs> uh, let's get into our, our listener questions. You guys did a great job sending these in. Don't forget, you can send in Mondays. We're always going to do hashtag paging two guys. Fridays, we're always going to do hashtag just a tip. So send those questions in. We will answer them. Uh, let's start here with Jonathan Joyce. He missed the cutoff for the last show. Uh, but for the next episode, riddle me this. This date, 
1-2030, has Tom Brady been elected to the NFL Hall of Fame yet? So it's a five-year window. So uh, this is seven years from – or nine. God, I'm Tony Romo in it. Nine years from now, <laughs> has Tom Brady yet been elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I'm actually going to say yes. I think Brady plays two more years and then rides off into that sunset. Yep, I'm with you on that one, too. I think that he signed that three-year deal, and I think that he probably talked to the wife, and the wife was like, you know what? You get three more seasons. After that, you're all mine. 45 on, you're going to be at home. And so, yes, I think he will be. The only way I would change my answer here is why make him wait five years? There are some players where you should just be able to – we don't need the time to figure out if you're a Hall of Famer. Tom Brady is a Hall of Famer. Don't make him wait. Yeah, I I am in agreement. Wow, we're all in agreement. This is really weird. Have you have you guys thought about how like they're gonna have to build on to the Hall of Fame when Tom Brady retires? Yeah, they're gonna need like a whole. He's gonna need a week, right? Yep. It's gonna be. I don't think Peyton Manning should have had to wait. I don't think Tom Brady should have to wait. Like, let those guys in. They deserve it. Go. Jerry Rice shouldn't have had to wait. Like, you reach a certain level where it's like, yeah, you're good. You're in. There's no debate about that. Uh, okay, next question. Mike Hubbard, please rank your three most uninspiring Super Bowls to watch, 55 being number one. Uh, 55 was definitely uh, uninspiring. Um, I really did not enjoy Patriots-Rams. It was like a 12-3 game. It was just super boring. That one was uninspiring. Um, and then the one the one I was at that I really didn't enjoy was the uh, – Seahawks beating the hell out of the Broncos because it just wasn't a good game. That and I had to mine. sit there and watch the whole fucking thing and write an article about it. And it was it was not fun at all. So those are my three. I remember being pretty young. I don't know when it was, but I think it was the Ravens versus the Giants. And it was just a straight I, Yep. I don't think I actually finished watching the game. I think I was like, well, this thing's over. It's done for. I, the Ravens weren't allowing any points. They were scoring super easily with like Trent Dilfer at quarterback. That one was just a snooze fest because the Ravens were so much better than the Giants. Yeah, my the number one one I can think of would be the Seattle-Denver one. I just remember sitting there being like, this is awful. Like, this sucks for football that we have to watch this. Um, but other than that, like, I can't really remember any that I wasn't, like, entertained by. I know that sounds so stupid. Um, but realistically, like, that was the one where I was like, I literally can remember I was at my – my papa's house and i remember being like well this sucks and he was like yep <laughs> like that's that all right cool it's like maybe the commercials will be good yeah right so that right. sucked uh, our producer the professor matt ashlock sends a question in i love this uh, do you think kyle shanahan and john lynch regret their decision to pass on tom brady and so here's here's how i look at this i look at it as they tried to get tom brady and couldn't get him and so, like when they when they traded for Jimmy, I have always heard that the call was actually they tra- they called about Tom, and Belichick laughed in their face and said, "How about this other guy?" And so maybe this offseason they could have brought him in as a free agent, but I think um, Niner fans have to remember that they were coming off an NFC Championship uh, title, they were coming off a close Super Bowl loss. I don't think anyone, even myself, expected Garoppolo to regress to the point that he has. Uh, so. I don't think they regret their decision to pass on Tom Brady. Sometimes teams make bad decisions, but they were actually the right call in that time. If anything, they should regret passing on Deshaun Watson and Patrick uh, Mahomes. I was going to say Aaron Rodgers too. So, right. I mean, but like really, like, you know, we 
we were together and at, you know in Mobile talking to a couple different groups of personnel who were like, you know, the Niners didn't even really do their diligence on Watson. They was just like a, it's like, oh, we'll bring him in to just throw people off the scent that we want a quarterback. So uh, I think if we're gonna if we're gonna call Lynch and Shanahan out, it's that they were so tunnel visioned on Kirk Cousins that they ignored Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. It's like that's my critique, not not so much that Jimmy ended up regressing. Yeah. And I took this as like this off season. Like should they have made a run at him? I don't know if you guys saw it. It came out like late Sunday night they were talking yeah. about only two teams really made a, a run at Tom Brady and it was the Chargers and the Bucks. And everybody else kind of was intrigued by it, but they didn't make much of an offer. So I think that a lot of teams have to go back and look at it and say, like, man, like we should have made more of a run at Brady because everybody keeps waiting for this dude to fall off. And it's just not happening. Like his arm last night, sorry, Sunday night, I know we're recording Monday morning, but Sunday night, it looks so good still at age 43. And I'm even one of those guys who is just waiting to see some regression and it's not happening. So I think there are a lot of teams that, probably are kicking themselves right now. I would say especially Shanahan and, and Lynch, not to shit on your guys' team, but uh, they they would have been a Super Bowl team this year if they had Tom Brady. Yeah. I think I understand why they didn't make that phone call, but um, I think the other part of that, the context of that tweet being like the only two teams um, that called on, on Tom Brady. The other thing is I think we're so focused on finding the next guy that like, cause he said in it, like, why are so many people looking at Deshaun Watson? And it's like, because I think teams are at a point where, you know, there are a lot of things that do have to go right for Tom Brady to do well. Tom Brady did not win that Super Bowl by himself. Um, right. I mean, that defense played fantastic. You know what I mean? And also, like, he had so many offensive weapons. So it's not just about Tom Brady. It's what Tom Brady could bring with him in Rob Gronkowski. Shout out Arizona Wildcats. I'm surprised it took me this long to say that. Um. So I also think that's the other part of it is, like, yes, you should have made a call. I think they were so focused on, like, oh, it's just about Tom Brady instead of being, like, oh, if Tom Brady comes, you get a pick of whoever you want to come here that is available. So um, I may- maybe they do regret it now knowing – I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty because, we didn't again, we didn't know that Jimmy was going to take such a step back. But um, but I don't – I think there are other things they regret far more than that. Speaking of Gronk, this is off top, kind of off, off topic. I saw a tweet Monday morning that blew my mind. Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey are the same age. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> yep. Like, I saw that what? last week. People were talking about it. I, I don't remember. I think it might have been like Tony Gonzalez. Uh, they were comparing both quarterback or both tight ends, though, and they had them both up. And the age is like, wait, wait, what? I had no idea. Like Travis Kelsey is actually older than I thought he was. I thought he was still late 20s. And I would have put Gronk at like 35. And he's not. He's early 30s. He's lived he hard, did say, He's lived night, hard. He's coming back, though. But that's yeah. what happens when you play that many football games all the time because you're always in the playoffs and always winning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's true. So, yeah. I saw somebody was like, well, Kelsey's played two more years. It's like, Gronk's probably played more games. Yeah. He playoffs. has the most playoff wins of any tight end in, in the playoffs. I just I okay. Since we're getting yeah. off topic, I just would like you guys to know there's a graphic that Richard Jefferson, who went to Arizona, tweeted out, and it was like there are no goats without like an Arizona Wildcat, like Michael Jordan had Steve Kerr, Steph had Andre Iguodala, Tom has had Gronk, and it's honestly the best graphic I have ever seen. And I just would like everyone to know that just like. You know, most of the goats, Matt and Melo, have an Arizona Wildcat, so this podcast is bound to be successful. <laughs> wow. 
Hey, I can get on board with it because that means Jordan's the goat and not LeBron, and you heard it right here out of page two. LeBron, no, there LeBron had go. Richard Jefferson. LeBron had Richard Jefferson. Oh, oh like so that was in the graphic too. That was obviously part of it. Oh, okay. And then also Way Kobe beard. had um, Luke Walton. So look, I'm. <laughs> it just you can't win without him. It's fine. Right. It's true. It is true. Two more questions. Skylar Waterman asked, considering the NFL combine isn't what it usually is this offseason, how much added pressure will be on prospects to perform well at their pro days? I think, Skylar, the best way to sum this up is that normally you would look at an offseason and say, how many opportunities do I have to impress a team and how many opportunities do I have to cover up uh, a bad day? So normally when I consult with prospects, it's like, okay, you want to get to the senior bowl? Do your combine pro day. You might get a private workout in there. So you have four opportunities to impress a team. This year, you have two because you had the senior bowl. If you're an underclassman, you didn't get that. And then you have your pro day. And so if you're an underclassman, you really get one shot this year. Normally, if you run a bad 40 at the combine, you make it up your pro day. Or you know, you run a bad three cone at the combine, it's okay, make it up your pro day. Or you have an injury. Okay, I'm going to wait for my pro day. This year, you get to run that 40 twice. And you better nail it. And you get to run the three cone twice. And you get to interview maybe once. So I do think it puts a lot of added pressure on these guys to make sure that you don't Reuben Foster this situation and get kicked out of the combine, right? It's like, come in your suit and tie, ready to go. Yes, sir, no, sir. And and you get you get one shot. Not to go all Eminem on you, but you get one shot this year. <laughs> um, so wait, there is a combine? We, I so think kind of, I'm very confused. So, okay, let's just clear. Because players have been – because players have been they training, like, invited. oh, I'm training. Yeah, I've been training for and, it. And I'm invited. I'm going. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? And they're no, they're training for their pro days. Players will not work out in Indianapolis this year in terms of a traditional combine. They okay. will go there to be uh, – they'll do their medical stuff, and they might do some interviews, but they will not be running 40s at Lucas Oil this year unless okay. – uh, they won't. I mean, I would say unless the NFL changes their mind. They've already said they won't. So players will get their pro day. Well, that's the NFL, which, though. Yeah, and NFL teams can't attend a pro day. Um, otherwise, uh, there are no private workouts this year, which raised a lot of red flags when Trevor Lawrence announced, you know, oh, I have a torn left labrum. I will have a private workout February 12th and then have surgery. By my understanding of the NFL's rules, that's actually outlawed. He is not able to do that. I'm sure he got some kind of special permission because he's Jesus, but he should not have been allowed to do that because private workouts uh, are not – I guess you can have them, but they cannot be attended by NFL teams. NFL personnel are only allowed to go to pro days, and and that's it. So it's it is a little confusing because it, it feels like a lot of people, like as you said at the start of the show, a lot of people are putting out conflicting information. That's how it's actually working this year, though. Okay, glad we clarified. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. So and okay, I last one. Kind of, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Mel. Nope. I was just gonna say I pretty much agree with you. You just have less opportunities now to prove yourself. So I think a lot of us will be just going back to the tape. Like we're not going to have everybody on pro day. So you're just going back to the tape and kind of like we had last year. That's what you get. That's what you're going to have to go with. Yeah, and I'm I'm great with that. Last question from Captain Seth Dozerman. If you're the Eagles, do you accept only a first-rounder for Wentz or do you try for more? If you're the Colts, do you offer 21 for him? Okay, Seth, maybe I'm thinking wrong about this. The – the LA Rams had to trade two first rounders and Jared Goff because Goff's contract was such a clusterfuck, right? And so you basically traded a first to get Matthew Stafford and a first for them to take Jared Goff and his contract or some combination of the two, right? So if I'm the Eagles and someone offers a straight up first and I don't have to give anything back for them to take this 
mess of a contract. Yeah. I would do that shit all day. I know they're asking for two. They're on drugs. And so the Colts, should you offer 21 straight up? I think that's one team that makes a lot of sense. I don't know if anyone else does because there's familiarity there with Frank Reich. You have the cap space to take him on. And probably most importantly, you are picking at 21. You're not going to be able to draft a quarterback in that spot. So I think the Colts are maybe the only team that really – maybe the Bears because they're right there as well at 20 overall. But those are the only two teams where you're you're clearly out of the quarterback picture in terms of the big four. And, and Wentz, got to think there's hopefully still some upside there if he gets in a new situation. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. I think the Colts and the Bears make the most sense. And if I'm the Colts, I don't know if I would do that. I would probably start with the second and try to work my way down, especially if you find out that there are really only two teams in the bidding for this thing. Uh, giving up a first-round pick for what we saw last year is tough, and I think that's what teams are going to go to the Eagles with. And they're not talking about – you know, the potential of Carson Wentz. They're talking about how he played last year and that huge contract that he has. So if I'm the Eagles and a team offers me a first-round pick, yeah, I'm pulling the trigger on it. I'm taking it immediately. Yeah. No, I think, honestly, that's the perfect fit. I know the Bears are included, but I think the Colts are the, the best fit for that to happen. It makes the most sense for both teams. Um, and I wouldn't. I, I think that's the perfect example of what, what should happen and likely will happen because I think they can try and lowball them, but ultimately, like, People are going to stick to their guns after seeing what was traded for what this offseason and don't want to be trashed for, for making bad bad deals. And let me just say this. I don't think the Niners are involved. If they trade for Carson Wentz, it will be the greatest conflict of my life. <laughs> 12 I won't know straight up for Carson Wentz. <laughs> I would legally petition to divorce the 49ers. Like I would, I would go to court and file, and I would divorce them. I would cry. Oh my god! I would be so done. Sad. I would be done. So horrible. Let's not put that out there. Let's just go yeah. to the Colts, please. Thanks. Right. Sorry, blog but boy I, over here. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Tweet it out, Mello. Tweet it out. Turn the internet upside down. Uh, okay, that is our show, and we will be back Friday morning. Don't forget, you can send in your questions. Hashtag just the tip. Make sure you are following us at Two Guys A Girl Pod. Thanks for hanging out. And oh, one more plug. If you love the show, you can support the show by going to the show notes, click the link. You can donate one-time donation. You can do something recurring. It just helps us make this show as great as it possibly can. So thank you guys who've already supported us and those who continue to do so by subscribing, downloading, reviewing, listening, telling your friends, your family, all those people. So for Mello and for the lovely Paige Kuhn, go Niners. We'll talk to you guys Friday. <laughs>